Paisanos is bringing it big time every Sunday. You can still buy a large piece and get the second large piece for free. Wait a minute, Tan. I'm using it now. Use the code BOGO Pizza on the app or online and get. You know what? I'm going to get it. It's ready. Coming up on the Santana Moss Show podcast, Tanner's been MIA in the MIA. And if it was Christmas in February, who would be on the Redskins wish list? A.B., Le'Veon, or Murray? And ever since Bryce Harper's left the Nats, he's been acting totally different. What's up with you, Bryce? The naysayers say Zion's a sit. I say Zion play. Zion smash. And what in taking L's made Tanner break his pen? You won't want to miss this. Podcast, podcast, yeah, that's us. And the Santana Moss Show starts now. It's the Santana Moss Show. Home of the football Number 89, hustle all the time. Travis on the right, hot mic on the left. Every single week, it's a lyrical. Santana Moss Show podcast, it is so good. To be back, Travis Thomas, Viva Santana Moss! How you doing, man? What's up, my brother? It's been too long, brother. It really has. I, I drove over here like, man. Right? What I have to say today? What, I was having what withdrawals. What do I have in store? Bro, how? This is how you know your arrival was anticipated. I was texting you. I was like, Tana, 12 outside giving out tickets right now. One time, one time. <laughs> Just watch yourself when you park. Yep. That's how eager I was to see you. I was watching the parking lot for you, brother. I rolled up in that thing like this. <laughs> I'm peeking around the corner. <laughs> I was trying to watch out. You know, that's a good lookout, I though, when your boy it, is bro. like, hey, that, man. Hey, that's why you who you are to me, man. Hey, you man, know? I'm always going to watch got out my, for you, Got man. my back. I got yours, buddy. So, look, where you been? You were in Miami, correct? Yeah. A week long, man. For family time. A great chance to get away. We do so much, especially this past football season. Me and you both was crowned with everything. You know, I was pulled from one end to the other. And to finally have a chance to really go home, my family's in Miami. And, you know, just bonding with the kids, man, being around them. Beautiful. My youngest man. is getting older, man, and she has so much to say. Sienna had a birthday on the first week I was there on that Monday, on the 18th of February. I had a chance to get away with her. And then Sanaya, you know, my oldest daughter. Notice I'm talking about all my girls. Of course. My oldest daughter, she's she's in high school. She's in ninth grade, and she's playing volleyball. And I just wanted to show her that, you know what, enough is enough. I've been sitting around letting y'all do what y'all do, be yeah. kids. But if you want to be successful and do anything in the sports arena, whatever arena it is, you have to put some work in. So I worked out the whole entire week with her. Had a great time of bonding with her. And Let's just, break down the workouts. You know, well, Does we she just, have it in her? It's crazy because the entire time that Naya has been on this earth, yeah, from day one, she's been my most athletic child that you I have. You said that. And I had to reiterate that to her. And I don't think I ever told her that. Smile I saw on her face when I shared that with her. She was like blushing, but at the same time, like, wow. It's crazy because, man, we so wrapped up in our own stuff yeah. that you forget to have those talks with your kids. You forget to have those moments where they're going to always cherish. I found myself walking back from one of our runs because we did different runs after our workouts every day. Right in my little cul-de-sac, you know, we didn't have to go up to the grass because so much room to run. You just take that little road and get it in. And I remember walking back and just saying, this is a memory that she's going to always have that me and my dad shared. And he shared a lot of insight. Most of my kids, even my oldest, Santana, they just listen. They don't give you much back. 
Well, you're very much like that. I'm like that. Sometimes I get mad because I'm like, man, why didn't I open up with me more? But they're my child, so they're my kids. So I understand why. They just like me. And she just sat down and listened. Yeah, I got you, Dad. Yeah, I got you. So I enjoyed it. I'm pretty sure she enjoyed it and didn't enjoy it as well because, you know, you can tell sometimes those little girls and how they are, these teenagers. Mm-hmm. When I was saying workout, that wasn't something that she was looking forward to. But as the week got on, I can see the growth in her already. I can see even when I came back from Dallas Sunday night, Monday we worked out, and she was like, Dad, I don't feel like I felt last week. I said, no, why? Because the muscle memory has kicked in. Wow. It's already letting you know that, hey, I done been through this phase already. Now it's time to progress and move on. So I just enjoyed it to the utmost because I haven't had the moments enough. And I think it's more vital now than later, you know? Listen, my son's almost two. At what point can I send him to the Moss Family <laughs> Retreat Sports Camp to get some coaching? I'm taking him at as early as three. <laughs> I, I'm telling yes. Sage right now. Sage is two years old, and she's running around the house. And I get Sage on. The, I put her on the counter, and I get her a little legs, and I pump her little legs for her. And she's looking at me. Sage is the meanest child I ever right. had. I mean, she just sit there. Like, at what you are you doing? I mean, Sage, you're gonna run like Brubra. You know, she's called Savion and Tan Brubra, and right. you know, she calls Sanaya Yaya. The only name she says clean is, is CC, so I'm showing her that stuff now, because yeah. once it's that time, if they have it in them, you want to let them know they got it, and then once they have it in them, you go push them out there and tell them to go for it. Now, Tana, we had happened to be partying that night, but do you remember rubbing my wife's belly when she was yes. pregnant and the yes. words that came out of your mouth? Yeah, told me you're going to have a little wide eye. You're yes. going to have a little blazer. Yes. Tana rubbed my <laughs> pregnant wife's belly and said. I saw him walking up a couple of days ago, so it's okay to walk like dad. I said, I ain't never knew they can walk like their father this early in his age, but he had that same he structure. That Travis got. walk. <laughs> I, I said, hope he don't run like I his said, dad. I saw him feet, too. I said, boy, he like he going to wear a size 13. <laughs> You know, so we ain't had no problem in that category as well. Oh, my God. Tanner <laughs> rubbed my wife's belly and said, now, when he come out, he going to have a cape on. Yeah. <laughs> he going to be that little blazer. I've been good. I've just been missing you, man. So I'm, oh, I'm man. glad we're back in the saddle. Now, I want to get into this. We always start off with the Redskins. So I had an interesting thought. I yeah. said, you know what? Antonio Brown is forcing his way out of Pittsburgh right now. Why? Le'Veon Bell is a free man, free to sign wherever he would like. Kyler Murray and other quarterbacks are lurking out there in the draft, combine week, so they're getting ready to rock and roll. And I said, even though it's not December, it's not Christmas, I want to ask Tana a Redskins wish list, if you will. Put these guys in order for me in terms of who you want the most for the Redskins, because all three technically could be had. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Kyler Murray. If I'm sitting in that room and I'm that guy that got my eyes crossing my T's and saying that these are the guys that we have available, this is the guy that I'm looking at who I'm starting out for the most probability that we can have an opportunity at, right. I would put A.B. first. I would say a Kyler Murray would be second on my list, and then I would say a Le'Veon Bell third. And the reason why is, for one, Antonio Brown. What team doesn't need that kind of star from the wide receiver position. I think he's a star in his own right. He deserves everything that he's probably going to be awarded and getting to this moment. He's a guy that started out with nothing, and he's who he is today because of the work he put in. Second, Kyler Murray, his style of play, not sure if that we can bring that in right now. We need a quarterback that can really lead us. I don't need to see the gadget plays right now right. from the quarterback position. I need a quarterback that can really be there and stand in the pocket. And also, if we need him to get outside the pocket, he has that ability. Kyler Murray, we know the ability he has. I'm not sure if we're ready to have that kind of talent right now with everything else that we need as an organization, as a team. 
Le'Veon Bell doesn't fit because we have a Geis. We have the probability of bringing back a Peterson. We don't need to bring another running back. For much cheaper. Peterson yeah. would be a lot cheaper than Le'Veon. So we have that area filled. But I go back to Antonio Brown. What organization wouldn't want that kind of a player suiting up for them every Sunday? As a Redskin, we need that stop power. We need a receiver that can make noise, whether he's making the plays or not. Just lining up on the field, Antonio Brown will make noise and allow other guys to be successful. Could I argue mm-hmm. that if Antonio Brown, who was an all-pro and became a superstar in Pittsburgh with a Hall of Fame quarterback who has two rings, is unhappy in Pittsburgh— <laughs> What the hell? Yeah. Why would you come here with no quarterback or at least questions at the position? And that's something else to argue about. Where do he wants to go? I can assure you that he wants to be dealt somewhere where it's going to be a chance for him to see a title, a chance for him to be the same guy that he was in Pittsburgh, but not so fast. Because you're in a situation where these guys, the Pittsburgh Steelers, has you. You're not a free agent. You're still underneath their they have your rights. They have your rights. So they get to deal you where they want to deal you at. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers could be real petty. They could say this guy caused us so much flack at the end and didn't want to see eye to eye with us. And he's a hole. I don't know. I know him as a person, and, and I think he's a pretty good guy. But they can say he's a hole. So guess what? We're going to say F him and then deal him wherever we want to deal him at. Right. As long as that team give us what we want. Now, that's why I say I'm so eager to see what's going to go on with him and his career thus far because I feel like he's in a situation where he's in a wide receiver's heaven. Having a big bend, I just saw a tweet or something he posted or even probably was someone that he was talking on a few years ago where he says that in order for him to be the guy that he's been these last few years, he needs an elite quarterback like Big Ben. So right. he gave Big Ben a lot of credit for his success. That's something you've always said too. Always said it. The quarterbacks can make you. You can be one of the better receivers in this league and be hidden not heard of because of your quarterback play, because right. of the team you're on. That's why I'm so eager to see what he can do outside of that organization, outside of that city, because I've always said that watching him and Big Ben work together, Big Ben has showed me at times that even when they're doubling Antonio, even when they're finding a way to not allow him to get those catches and yards, I'm going to still find a way to put that ball in his hand so he can do something and be special. And you're not going to get that somewhere else. Now, you might land in San Fran where you got a Kyle Shanahan that's a genius when it comes to designing plays and that's going to find him. We think Garoppolo can play. Yes, but at the end of the day, you can have Colt McCoy, any other quarterback, and have a Kyle Shanahan as the play caller, and you're going to get off. So it's not going to be that kind of party, though, depending on where he goes. So sure. I'm just eager to see where he lands because I feel that from what he's shown us yeah. and you being disgruntled with having so much success with that quarterback in that organization – just wait till you get on a team that's <laughs> that's not going to be catering to you right. in that way. I've been a part of that. I was just sharing a story with a friend of mine. I was like, look, I had 160-something yards in 2008, I believe, against the Cowboys. We beat the Cowboys. We came home the next week. We played Philly in Philly. I didn't have a catch. Mm. And Coach Zorn gave me the game ball and said, hey, I want to tip my hats off to Santana because he went out there and blocked. He went out there and showed up for our team. And deep down inside, I want to say, F you. Zorn, you know what I mean? Because I wanted the ball. But being the guy that I am and the team player I am, I understood the magnitude of the game and the opportunity, and I still made myself valuable for the team by going out there, being a decoy, and finding my ways to go out there and show up in those key blocks. So it's not a lot of wide receivers just like that. You know what I'm saying? So we've seen Antonio. We saw his tantrums on the sideline when he was getting opportunities, and we saw him go and flare up at the quarterback and the coaching staff for certain things that went on. We're not necessarily sure what was going on half of those times. 
But I can assure you, a guy of that magnitude, a guy of that nature in that situation, he's not going to be happy to get a game ball for blocking. He wants to go out there and shine. He wants to go out there, give his call to God and have his moment. So it's just going to be very interesting to me to see him perform at the level he's been performing on for these last few years somewhere else because the opportunities might not come up the way they came up in Pittsburgh. And I appreciate you sharing that story, and I wish you would call him and tell him that story because that's my issue with Antonio Brown. He is a pain in the ass, and so is Le'Veon Bell. And for that, I have them two and three on my list. I have Kyler Murray as one Mm -hmm. because, to me, I feel like if you get the right man at quarterback, it's one hell of a Band-Aid on everything else on your roster. And I don't even think the Redskins roster is that bad. I just feel as though they are a quarterback away. I hear people say, well, quarterbacks need to sit for a while and learn. That's old school NFL, man. That's not the reality anymore. To Mm -hmm. me, you look at the Browns, you look at the Ravens, those are teams that come to mind. They put those rookie quarterbacks in, boom, it was like dynamite. The Ravens made the playoffs. The Browns actually won some games and look like they have a bright future. When's the last time we said that about that franchise? So for me, I have Kyler Murray one because mainly of the position he plays and two, he's not a pain in the ass. If Antonio Brown is unhappy in Pittsburgh, that tells me everything I need to know. And the fact that you even said, like, I don't think he's the guy that would block and be a decoy, that's what he would be here because there's no way in hell defenses are going to let that guy get off. The only reason why I would put him in the front right now on my list because of what we have. To me, our offensive line isn't strong enough to have a Kyler Murray. Right. You have to protect this guy, one. And Le'Veon's protect, too expensive. And protect that backfield, too. Yeah. You, come, you have a guy in Geis that's coming off an injury, right. knee injury. You have a Peterson that we don't know if we have him yet. With all that said and done, I can plug in Antonio Brown in that setting with it's all immediate. that. It's And right now, he's already making other guys better. That's true. With who we have. If you had to say, okay, this is what we have right now, who's the one player that's going to make us better? Antonio Brown makes Colt McCoy better. He makes Jordan Reed better. He makes Crowder better if we bring Carter back. He made Richardson better. He made Geis or Peterson better. Right. Or whoever you might put in the backfield. So with all that said and done, he makes all those guys better. So with a Kyler Murray, that's not necessarily so. We might have to bring a Kyler Murray in. We might do nothing but shotgun. We might not can't run the play. We might have to change the offense up to cater to him. What about locker room, though, And I'm not sure. Does that matter? Look, at the end of the day, everybody has egos. As long as you find a way to tame those egos— which hmm, I'm not sure if that's going to be something that we can do here also when it comes to some of the egos that have come out of this locker room before. But if you can tame them by keeping them happy, then you're okay. It's easy to keep that guy happy. Give him the ball. Give him the ball. <laughs> Point blank. You know, Keyshawn said back Yeah, give day, me the damn ball. Don't give me the damn ball. So it's easy to do that. And I'm sure with a talent like that, you would be eager as a play caller, as a coach, to say, I have to find ways to get him the ball. That's why I got pissed in my days of saying, people like, Tanner, you need to be more vocal. You need to say more. F that. You a coach. You a coach. You watching the productivity in practice and everywhere else. I shouldn't have to tell you to give me the ball. Right. I shouldn't have to tell you to change nothing up to make sure that I'm happy or to get me involved more. When I used to be in those situations, that's why I walked out with my head high because I'm like, as a coach, I would never be in a situation or a position to not allow somebody that I feel that can change the game for me. To not get it. To not get it. That's one of the reasons why I don't have a beef with Zorn. People say, hey, I heard Zorn was this and that. Yeah, he wasn't ready to be a head coach here. But I have no beef with him. Know why? Because he tried to get 89 the ball. He knew how vital I was to his team and know what I can do for his team. And that guy used to call me on the sideline, Tan, I'm going to put this play in motion, and I'm going to try to get you to rock. Let's see what we can do. And if it didn't come to me, I saw what happened. 
Yeah, the quarterback couldn't get it there. You know, I saw, oh, the off the line didn't block long enough. I saw. So him allowing me to have those opportunities, I was okay because he was trying, you know. And it's coaches that don't try. They say, hey, screw you. We're going to run our scheme, run our mm-hmm. offense. And then when we lose, yeah, I should have got you the ball. I should have did this. I want to hear that. That's what ticks you off, right? That ticks me off the right. most because you're talking about should have or could have or what we could have done. No, just do it. And when you do it, we don't have to talk about it. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let me ask you this. As we sit here today and we do this podcast, Bryce Harper is still unsigned. I mean, opening day is like tomorrow, for God's yeah. sakes. This guy still doesn't have a contract. I guess my question to you isn't so much where is he going to go because we're hearing Dodgers, we're hearing Giants, we believe the Nats maybe have pulled out, we think the Phillies are still involved. Forget all that. I want to know this because I constantly hear fans say, well, Bryce is being greedy. Bryce Harper's agent is Scott Boris. He's the equivalent in baseball to what your agent, Drew Rosenhaus, is and was in football. So my question to you really is, in a situation like this, because you've been there with contracts and all that, is it the player or is it the agent that is holding things up? Or is it a combination of both? It would be a combination of both, but I can tell you this. Bryce Harper went through all the hard part. He did what he had to do to be in this situation. What fans fail to realize is that you're a fan. You know, I just saw this moment that Russell Westbrook had to deal with a fan, a little Low kid care. that reached out for him. And to me, I think that's something that needs to be addressed. You're a fan. Don't get into our area. Don't get into our space and get outside of being who you are. You're a fan. Cheer your team on. I have nothing against you for that. Even if you're cheering me on, I have nothing against you for that. But you can't tell me when or where I should pull that cord or say, hey, it's time for me to get paid or no. No. Bryce Harper did what he had to do. Be productive. Go out there and put up the points, put up the numbers, and give your agent the easy job of saying, pay me. You know, at the end of the day, you don't know if Bryce Harper going to ever swing that bat again. Something can happen tonight that caused him for not be able to swing that bat again. And then now you're going to say, well, damn, he shouldn't have or he should have signed something different. So I think he's in a perfect position to be able to sit back and allow his agent to work and say, look, this is the numbers that we see fit. And if you can come to the conclusion that this is something that you want to give my guy, then we can do business. If not, I see that we'll fit elsewhere. Now, what I would say I don't understand why he didn't see that that 10-year, 300-something million from his own ball club didn't fit. I guess because he's looking for bigger and better, probably a championship. I don't know. But I just feel like I'm one of those guys that we talked about this before in a podcast or two prior that you come to me 10 years, 300-something million, man. I care less what we do, we got going on, man. We could be the sorriest team on earth. <laughs> Let me go ahead and me that paper. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I just don't understand. But I can assure you this. One of the things that he's trying to do is win a championship. One. Right. Two, he's trying to put himself up for the rest of his life. And you would say that his first contract probably did that. No, we don't know that. You know, I look back at guys like Bobby Bonilla, you know, you name it, Alex Rodriguez, all these guys, they found ways to put themselves up to when they're done playing. They don't have to worry about another contract, you know. And so that's something that I think Harper is doing. Say, hey, at the point that I am in right now, 26 years old, I'm sitting in a perfect spot to be dealt the biggest contract that I probably is going to see for the rest of my life. Let me take advantage of it. Now, a lot of these ball clubs don't want to put themselves in them situations because they want short-term success. They don't right. have to be paying you long-term for something that they just need for right now. But there's ball clubs out there who we just mentioned, two of them in the same state, that will willingly give you that kind of money. It's up to him now to see what's best for him. Bobby Bonilla ass is still getting paid because he deferred a lot of that money and just said, just pay out for the next whatever it was, 20 years or something. He's still getting paid. It's could, insane. Could you imagine he deferred, what, 5.9 million? 
I believe in 2005 he's still just, just getting or something and checks in the mail. Now he's getting equivalent to almost 20 something million it's crazy. from 2011 to now. And it probably won't stop until 2025. What a great deal. That's the agent right there. Who is I that agent? Know. It might be Scott Boris. My I have no idea. Deal, I, I need you, dude. That's the agent. That's the agent. I don't care if it's 500,000, baby. Let's go defer Let's go. That That's mailbox money, oh as Nipsey God. Hussle said. He's getting 1. Point something million every July. He just, has his own just chilling. We're not even talking about the 4th of July. We're talking about July. <laughs> July 1st, the Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla Bobby Day, Bonilla. baby. <laughs> By the way, I want the record to show Santana is a Dodgers fan and would oh. like to have Bryce Harper's services. Just want that to be out there. By the way, we're kind of already in this combo, so this is a good time to transition yeah. to the Zion Williamson thing. Okay, so here's my question to you. Forget the shoe exploding. Forget the knee sprain. Is he healthy? I don't care about all that. That's Coach K's issue, right? Mm-hmm. My question to you is a bigger, broader topic, which is if you're that man's friend, coach, dad, whatever, if you're in his camp, are you telling Zion, listen, man, there's enough tape out on you now. You've played. You've dominated. Sit your ass down. Get in shape for the NBA draft and let's go get this paper. Or are you saying do what you want to do, which we think is go back and play? March Madness, the whole bit. Because I'm going to tell you. I already know what you're going to say. You know what I'm going to say. I know what you're going to say. Let's go get this money. Sit your ass down. Let me say that I'm on the fence. Years removed from when I had to make this decision back when I was in school, playing a whole different sport. Well, set that up first and then talk about it. Playing a whole different sport. So here you go, a young Tanner. 2000, I was able to play my senior year in college. I got drafted in 2001. In 2000, I was a senior. In 1999, I was a junior. Coaches, you name it, scouts that told me, hey, you can be a first-round pick if you leave early. I didn't decide to leave. I said, hey, man, whatever's meant down the road is going to happen. I just shared this with you. I've always been a big believer that we basically just living out our life that was already planned for us. You know, it's up to you just to keep going because God has set it up for you. You just got to knock down those barriers, leap over those fences. You know what I mean? You got to go get it. And I remember 1999, they told me, hey, Peter Warwick is right now the top receiver. But if you run a 4-3, you're likely to be a first-round pick. You thinking about coming out? No, I wasn't ready. Here I am, 2000, the first game of the season. I twist my ankle. I'm a Heisman candidate. I scored two touchdowns that game, but I know I'm going to probably put on the shelf for the next five weeks. And I remember thinking, guys got them out here quick, scouts, you name it, agents, hey, if you sit down for the rest of the year, get healthier, stay in shape, when it's time to work, you're going to run 4-3, you're going to be still a first-round pick. Need to make sure that you don't go back out there and get hurt. Hearing all that, I went to my coach like, hey, my ankle's bothering me. Let me at least rest to week five or six. Coach told me I can't afford that. I can't afford you out. If you can walk, you can play. So it was no ifs, ands, or buts. I played. I didn't play because I felt like I had a situation like Zion. I played because here I am. I don't want to let my coach down. I don't want to let my teammates down. And then, truth be told, I'm not necessarily sure that I'll be a first-rounder with the productivity I've showed thus far. So let me go out there and do more. If it's meant for me to have it, I'm going to get it. Fortunately, it was. Being out there, I was very valuable to my other receiver, Reggie Wayne. He was able to get off in those weeks when I was hampered. But as soon as that ankle felt a little better, whew, it was showtime again. It was on. And I blew up the scene. I was like John Deere all over again. I was cutting <laughs> grass out there. You know what I mean? So with all that said and done, it worked out for me. Right. I'm putting myself in a Zion shoes with what I know now about what he's doing on basketball. It's a whole totally different ball. So game. what you know now, you would not play. I wouldn't play for the big reason because of, yes, he can sit out right now. What he's shown, he's good. He's good to go. If it's all about the money to me. 
if it's all about me getting that big contract where I'm pretty sure that that's what he wants. Sure. If it's about that. I don't necessarily think that it's about that with Zion. I think Zion is a guy that he really appreciate Coach K. He really appreciate those guys he came in with. And he's a team guy. He's thinking about his team. And he feels that even if I'm not who I was before the injury. He can help. I can help. They don't look the same without him. They don't look the same without him. And I can assure you that just watching this guy and hearing him talk and hearing him speak, he wants to go out there and do it for his guys. So, yes, he's going to play because who he is as a man and his heart tells him to go out there and play. Now, don't get it twisted. Zion knows it's going to be a big payday. And I think he believes, just like I believe back in 1999 and 2000, that regardless of what I do, if this is meant, I'm going to see it through. And he knows that, man, that was something that freak that happened. That was a, yeah, it was, it was fluky. That, it could have happened to anybody, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I think that he'll be a little more careful with what he does. But he's going to go out there and play a hell of a basketball if he's healthy and ready to go without sitting out here listening to the naysayers or the people that's telling him to do other. You know, I feel that, yes, we all know that he can be the first overall pick. You know, we know there's teams out there that saying, hey, we're going to lose because we want Zion. But at the same time, how will he feel leaving Duke? knowing that he left these guys here hanging, knowing that he can go out there and still contribute and hopefully take them to the big dance. You know, Tanner's got on a lot of Adidas right now. So, Zion, I mean, <laughs> the Nikes exploded on you. Yeah. If you want Adidas to hook a brother up, I mean, to me, I just feel like it's a no-brainer for Adidas to get that done. Don't you think, Tanner? Hey, get him his own Zion shit. his own Zion, baby. Uh, and then just give a little proceeds to the Santana Moss show. No doubt podcast for take that, take that, doing take that, that. that plug right there. Tana and taking L's, I'm ready for a fight because I'm going right at your boy. I want to say this. You don't mess with old Goat. Oh, I'm, I'm, go I'm, I'm about to go call Shannon Sharp. You better you call, try, everybody, you to, call everybody you, you want. Goat there, man. I don't care who you call because right now your boy, LeBron James, who you were so happy went to the Lakers, is now three games out of the final playoff spot in the Western Conference with not a lot of games to play. Tana, I'm giving them taking L's because I don't think they're going to make it. And another thing, this is going to ruin, well, maybe not ruin, tarnish LeBron's legacy. You go to eight straight finals. Hannah, Ocho, straight finals. And you are not going to make the playoffs for the Los Angeles Lakers, La La Land? You're making Space Jam 2 and you're not going to make the playoffs? L. LL, I told you this was a bad move. This move was not about basketball. It was about making movies, commercials, TV shows, which, by the way, if you watch TV and movies, he's on everything. That's what it's about. It's not about winning games, Tana. He could have made better basketball decisions and went and got more titles. But no. But tell me he this, had to though. go to Lala. Tell me this, L. Tell me this, though. Tell me this. How many more games they have left? I'm pretty sure you know. 20-something. 20 20-something 20 games. So how far are they out of being at least the eight seed? Three games. You mean to tell me you don't think that with 20-something games left, they don't have a chance <laughs> to be the eight seed? I mean, it's possible. I'm talking about trends right Anything's now. possible! Don't give me that. Boy, you're going to have me in here cussing and fussing Don't cuss, you. man. The kids is watching. Don't give me that. <laughs> talking about no damn he's out. 20 games left. <laughs> Why you say I'm not going to cuss? It's Possible! That boy took my Cleveland and won a championship. You see how he got me? I'm spitting on the mic. I'm cussing. I can't. Hey, show is over, man. It's a wrap. You know what? We going to fight. I done broke my damn pen, man. This man going to tell me. Catch me outside. How about that? Santana Moss Show podcast. It's a wrap. That's a wrap. It's a Santana Moss Show. Former through your ball game. Number 89. Hustle all the time. Travis on the right. Hot mic on the left. 
Every single week is a lyrical fact. 